Everybody. Want to help support the show? Well, head on over to patreon.com slash longtimeagoradio. Even a dollar a month helps us keep the show going and gets you access to a bunch of exclusive content. Thanks. On with the show. One, two, three, four, four five, five, six. I'm sorry. What, what was I supposed to do? I thought seven, it was fine. Eight, <laughs> nine, and then I'll now figure we all, it out. Now we all clap. All right. There we go. All <coughs> we're professionals. Figure it out. Oh God. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I almost forgot. It's been a it's been a bit since we've done like a full you know full episode. episode. Uh, I'm your host Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Doing well. Doing good. Good. We're back from all of the the shenanery that was Star Wars celebration and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, it's been it's been it's been a wild ride, Becky. Yes. You weren't here last time. I wasn't. I was what, gallivanting what, around the world. What'd you do at, at Celebrate? I know that we hung out a lot, but what did you do? Well, it was <laughs> at Star Wars super fun hanging out with you and Nicole. Um, my first Celebration experience, and I was just in heaven. <clears throat> I had, like, Bonnaroo vibes the whole time, which is, like, good vibes. Everyone was super nice, super positive. I was walking around filming everything and getting in everyone's way and nobody snapped at me when I like stepped on their outfits. Like everyone was super polite and cool. I met so many awesome people. Um, shout out to uh, Jack Porkins and uh, my man Chris from the Buffalo Northridge 501st Kids. There's so many great Woo! people I met. Um, uh, some awesome, very hospitable locals. I was just uh, in heaven. I loved all the cosplay. I was going nuts about the cosplay. The Star Wars stage was so cool. I got it to see great. all the famous people right up in my face. Um, Becky, yeah. I have to ask you. So you, were you around the stage during some of the interviews? Yeah. No, I was like <clears throat> very, very close during the um, when JJ came out. Okay, so wh- where are you standing? Because I want to see if I can find you on the live stream later on today. Oh, totally. I'm behind them. Um, I actually, in the album that I sent to you, during the Oscar Isaac interview, I like circled myself in one of the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really tiny in the background. But I was a part of the Kelly Marine Tran, like, you know, chant for her, which was really exciting. And Nice. Yeah, no, that part was blew me away. How just like, I don't know, interactive and positive... I think my favorite thing of the whole... Oh, gosh, I can't even pick a favorite moment. Um, oh, shout out to my friend who I hung out with when we watched the trailer together. That was an amazing experience. The last trailer I watched, like, by myself in, like, a bathroom at a hotel on an iPhone. <laughs> and this time I watched it surrounded by, like, thousands of fans. And, 
Oh, so great. Oh, shout out to that amazing documentary that opened that first panel that apparently wasn't on the live stream that nobody can get to me. So anybody listening, if you found the bootleg copy, please send it to me. Um, yeah, gosh, I just, I loved every second of it. I spent way too much money. Um, <laughs> that some always happens. Shoes. Josh and I found like the best shoe stand. Yeah. Spent some money there. Got some Porg shoes that I'm and I don't wear that often because I'm afraid. <laughs> I've worn them so much already and they're a little dirty. But I've I've worn mine maybe four times. Yeah, didn't you just wear it on uh, May the fourth? I did. Yeah. But that's May the fourth. That's an occasion. Yeah, I was you know? I'm, I'm, I'm envious of those Porg shoes. I like them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I got um, some red rebel high tops too, which were really nice. sweet. I saw that that company uh, released the the like X-wing shoes. Mm. And I looked at them and and I was like, I do not need to be spending money on shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is just not going to happen. There was just so much great stuff. Oh, I loved all the Her Universe stuff. Um, I loved the panels. Um, Yeah. No, the whole experience was just everything I I wanted to be more. I'm so excited they're doing another one next year. I'm definitely going to go. I might put a little more forethought into it next time around and like make sure I make time for certain things, um, like getting a tattoo because I was super envious of Josh and his <laughs> tattoo experience. Um, well, that's the hard part about celebration. Until you actually go, you you don't know what to expect. And I know our first time we missed out on a lot of stuff just because we didn't yeah. know. We didn't plan it out. But now that you know, you know where it's going to be next year. You can start figuring out you know how you want to do it you, i know josh and i have been talking about swag for next year and yeah. i know yep, you have already. an idea too <laughs> so we can we'll we'll make cool stuff just to yeah and yeah. just have tons of fun because i am totally looking forward to going back to anaheim yeah yeah me and nicole have had a great idea for some some pins we're gonna hand out next time around just some positive it positivity pins um Put, put positive hands. <laughs> I will say that you got me really nervous about the lines, and I didn't wait more than five minutes. Yeah, the line. <laughs> I heard that well, you that, know, that it, whole this, thing that they did yeah. this year with the uh, the online lottery worked really well. I haven't heard it was yeah. any crazy complaints. I mean, and again, last or 2017, the website had to apologize for how bad it was. I didn't see anything like that. I heard well, it. Well, you could also smooth. just walk just, into the tail end of any of them and the unpopular panels. You could just walk in at the like you really did not have to stand in line to get in in the morning unless you, you really wanted like a collectible or something. You yeah. could walk in 10 yeah, minutes I, after it started waiting zero time. Which it seemed like the only thing you had to work for was like Vader Immortal and Funko. Everything yeah. else seemed fine. Well, that's, yeah. that's it wasn't really good wasn't to hear really because good. it's that was a big issue with with it in 2017 and it kind of irritated me so i'm hoping that next year they do the same thing they learn from their mistakes from the previous time because it sounded like it went really well this year i didn't hear too many complaints about the convention it seemed to run pretty smoothly um as far as i could see you know and i got so much swag so so becky i know it's hard to choose but if you had to narrow down like two big highlights what were your two biggest highlights of the whole convention Oh my gosh! Again, I, I know like... it's hard to choose. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> did you watch the wrap-up video they sent out? Yes. It's like seven minutes long. Yeah. I just cry like so much watching it. It's just, it seems silly, but it's so special. Um, oh gosh, my favorite moments. 
Um, I thought that the Mandalorian panel was the coolest experience I think I've ever had. <laughs> it was pretty neat. Um, just the scale of, of professional creatives, you know, the caliber of talent that's involved in that show, and then getting to see, like, a full scene with <clears throat> Werner Fritz and Her- frickin' Herzog was so cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, you know, in this, in this, you know, I kind of, I apologize to the to the to the star wars gods i leaked the little documentary video because he didn't say not <laughs> to film it and i like immediately put it on Twitter. okay don't worry you're not the only one because during this the live stream it blacked out for us watching it at home and then it comes back and it's like oh yeah by the way don't film it and i'm like he should have said that ahead of time and i go right onto instagram and i found it i was like wow like so you're See, good you're not the only but- one I think, and then I agree with people who said I think he forgot to say it on purpose to get something out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I also didn't feel bad once they started showing us actual footage because the actual footage, <clears throat> I didn't see many people filming that. Though I think it's out there now. Um, oh, it's out there. But yeah, I felt not bad because that stuff was so much cooler. <laughs> so. Yeah, the actual like eight minutes of footage we saw was really cool. I'm um, looking forward. It was, to it was it. a lot cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's got to be a top moment. I think, I think the other moment has to be just watching the trailer, seeing the trailer and a room full of people and the overwhelmingly excited, positive response to like four things in the trailer. Um, her jump at the beginning, which was just mm-hmm. so great. Seeing Lando laugh in the cockpit. Yeah. Everyone went crazy each time. Um, the laugh, obviously, the reveal. <laughs> And the twist of that final line of Luke's, and then the title. Um, and it was fun watching the trailer be played like over and over again throughout the weekend because everyone would stop, everyone would watch, and everyone would lose their minds for those four <laughs> moments over and over again. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was an experience I would no- I'll never forget, and I'm so glad I did it. Um, plus, I made friends. I made friends, you know, and it really kind of reinvigorated my love for the community. Oh, and yeah. <clears throat> that was something that I loved hearing was JJ, you know, he talked about how, I think this was on the live stage, um, or maybe it was during the panel, but how coming to Star Wars Celebration really re- reminded, was a necessary reminder for them to, to, to see who they're doing this for and, and, you know, to kind of give them this last bump of positive energy they need. And uh, I love that the community could do that for them because there's so much hate online and it seems like sometimes that's bigger than the love. But, oh, it was nothing but love. It was a weekend of nothing but love. And it really reassured me about, you know, our fan base. And, you know, yeah. So all positive vibes. Love it. Can't wait for next year. It's going to be great. I'm already trying to figure out when it's going to be. Trying to figure out when hotels open up. Uh, well, we know it's in April. <laughs> you know it's April. We know it's not going to be Easter weekend, uh, whatever that is, because WonderCon is that same weekend. So, ah, okay. we narrow it down what's, by one what's weekend. East, what's Easter weekend? I have no idea. Do you know? Because it's different every year. <laughs> it is. It is. Easter is like freaking in February now. It's like so early and weird and random. That's not true. That was an exaggeration. But you know, it's moving around a lot these days. So Easter is uh, April twelfth, so we know it's not going to be around there. I'm I'm betting you it's twenty uh, third through the twenty seventh or something. That would be a healthy bet. Yeah. And then we can hook slide that weekend. Bet. Next weekend, my birthday is on the thirtieth, and we'll make it just a blowout. I'm in. 
An, an, an insane blowout. Yes. I don't know if I can get two weeks off, but we'll see. <laughs> Just say it's one we'll really long week. Just, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll make it work. I don't. I need. I need a long week, not a normal week. <laughs> you know that song, eight days a week. I need at least seventeen days. Just, just give me seventeen days. Well, that was the other 17 thing. Seventeen days a week. I feel like I needed more time. When I first, the first day, I was yeah. like, oh, you know, I could probably get through everything I want to see and everything I want to do, but no, there's never enough time. There wasn't enough time. Ever. Yeah, and I got sick, so that 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 sucks. Oh, you oh. got the the con crud. I think it was the day. It was the day after the crazy snow because there was uh, one day of horrible weather where it was super cold and really windy and really wet. And uh, yeah, I, I was down for the count for the next day, which was too bad. But you know, but you had fun. I had so much fun, and you got to make sacrifices to your health when you're around that many people. <laughs> you do. Mm-hmm. That's why, man. Emergency. I was drinking Airborne like the whole time. <laughs> Swear, and I didn't come home and be. I wasn't sick like at all the whole time. Came home. You're a pro. Healthy. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. You gotta, you gotta load up on that stuff because you, <laughs> you're around all these people like coughing and farting all over the place, and then you, and then you go out every night drinking, and you're like lowering your immune system. Lack of yeah. sleep. You gotta, you're not eating the best food you can be eating. You it's, gotta, yeah. You gotta armor up. You really like, do. <laughs> Um, we, we warned about the deodorant a lot, but I didn't have a huge smell issue. I, I thought no. the, 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 the center was well ventilated. Well, remember that <laughs> well, it was the cold. the one guy who was, somebody who was crop dust. Oh. God. Just get ready for Anaheim, though, because it's going to be like 90 degrees every day, and you will, yeah. you will smell it. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, eh, it'll be fine. I don't know. It was a great experience. I hope that Anaheim is similar. I'm sure it's going to be. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shall we get on to our main topic of the show? Let's do it. Sure. I mean, do you guys All have right. any other cool Star Wars stuff you've done? Oh, yeah. I guess we could talk about that. Well, what did we all do for Star Wars Day? Oh, well, Alex, you and I did the same thing. But, like, what? <laughs> Becky, what did you do for Star Wars <laughs> Why Day? Why don't you guys start? All right. Uh, we actually went to Alex's parents' place because we were all visiting uh, back home. And uh, they weren't home, so we had pizza and beer. Yeah. Teenagers, yeah. <laughs> Costco pizza. Um, and then we watched Rogue One. Nice. And that was a good time. Yeah, I want to watch Phantom and then we Menace, had those, but they're all like, no, great, let's watch a good um, one. <laughs> I like Phantom Menace. I do, too. Now, Rogue One was a good choice. I would have, Alex, I would have, I would have, like, gotten a blanket with you and watched Phantom Pop Menace. Pop some popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, May 4th was fun, guys. Before and then before that... I hit up two troops uh, in the Bay Area, so that was fun. We did. Um, oh, it was also Free Comic Book Day, so we were hoping everyone got their comics. Yeah, I went to Free Comic Book yeah, Day. Yeah, uh, nice. they had a Star Wars comic out. I got that and a Bob's Burgers comic, so I need to read those still. Uh, it was nice. a it was a fun weekend. Very cool. That's good times. Um, I was in Barcelona, so I didn't really do anything Star Warsy. Um, mm. but I had my Porg shoes on all day. There you go. And nice. And my feet were killing me. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, and I've like gotten back into Star Wars reading. Um, I'm like halfway. What are you on? I'm halfway through Dark Disciple now. Yeah. Nice. And I, I know they're not gonna get busy, but I like really wish that they would. Um. <laughs> um. 
<laughs> I don't know. Keep reading. <gasps> do they get busy? I really hope they do. Know. You know. I mean, <laughs> things even if they don't. Well, as I shove a tater tot in my mouth, you know, <laughs> keep things reading. Things happen. It's a Star Wars book. There's even romance. if they don't, like, I'm going to pretend they do. So that I really appreciate that being at least, at the minimum, a, a thing that they're allowing me to imagine. So all about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More, more, more Star Wars books with flirty sexual tension, please. Uh, but yeah. We got Leia, Princess of Alderaan. What else? Ooh, that one has flirty sexual tension. Oh, yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. With a. Uh, <laughs> that has with, flirty with sexual tension. With not Han, with a different guy. Oh. But that's because she's like 16. Love it. In going. That's, that'll be next. Attack of the Clones. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's all over the place. It's just not well, always. There's a the nice scene like. where she, uh, she lets the, the dude, like. Uh, undo her braids, which is like <laughs> wow. this very in, very intimate. Th- they explain this is a very intimate thing because braided hair on Alderaan is sort of like a you know a thing and like it sounds very Avatar. Undo it. So <laughs> undoing it is that like undoing the braids so that's just hair hanging down is like this very intimate like kind of like you're letting someone in. And, sort of and in the background, the Imperial March was played on a slow piano, right? <laughs> just to kind of set the mood, like ding. ding. No. Yeah, you you know what happened. It's like that Terminator scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, is that it? Yeah. Moving on. All right. Oh wait. Once again. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I want to say thank you, just in case. First of all, anybody who's recently rented my apartment on Airbnb, if they're new (laughs) listeners to the pod, because I put little uh, business card. Bye, bye, thank. Anyway, thank you to Manon from Paris who left me an amazing Darth Vader Christmas themed bobblehead pop figure as like a gift to the apartment. I just want to give a super Star Wars shout out to that. Um, apparently, there are a lot of nerds in the world who want to rent a super Star Wars decked there out are. apartment and are there super are happy about it. <laughs> dozens. dozens. <laughs> anyway, now we can continue. Yeah. Anyway, folks. Welcome again to Long Time Ago Radio. Whether you are from the class of 77 or Solo was your first Star Wars film, you are welcome. And now on with the show. Oops, stumbling over my words. It's tough. Time for the topic of the show. And for our topic, we're going to be talking all about the, the, the Padawan himself, Dave Filoni. Um, the, the mastermind behind Star Wars, the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Resistance, and all that good stuff. Um, it, it's funny because his uh, Wikipedia article doesn't have. It's like his early life, and then, and then it's just like, oh yeah, he worked at Nickelodeon, and then there's Star Wars, and then it's super detailed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny because I got the idea of this because I was listening to our George Lucas episode, um, and I remember doing the kind of growing up research for him and there's so much you know there's this is a man who's been profiled thousands of times over the last 40 years uh Filoni is kind of new on the scene in terms of being the kind of creative mind where people are going to ask questions like what moments in your childhood inspired your genius you know um we're not quite there yet in terms of the interview content that I've looked looked at so far um Mm -hmm. but nonetheless I feel like he's a good guy to profile because you know, he kind of feels like a, 
the second coming, you know, kind of this this other voice that's going to be this creative, you know, mental, you know, touchstone for everything going forward. Um, I feel like there's this desire in our fandom to, to, to designate those people. I think there's going to be multiple ones, but I think Filoni's obviously already shown that he's, you know, the dude. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but in terms of how he actually got that way, um, you know, he was born, he's from Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgh kid. Um, he went to Mount Lebanon High School and uh, Edinburgh University in Pennsylvania because it was one of the only state schools that had an animation program back in the 90s. Um, yeah, but he was a huge Star Wars fan, had the toys, was obsessed, was like in it, um, which is so cool to have, you know. We we saw we saw this with Star Trek. We saw this with Marvel. But it's really cool having like children of the Force <laughs> being like you know <clears throat> huge creatives in it now. Um, but yeah, he he's his father was a big opera music fan, which came like you know into play later because um, as we know, Star Wars musically is so operatic, so that gave him like a really good background there. Um, after college, he applied for jobs at all the animation studios, Walt Disney, DreamWorks. Um, he did, like, apparently you have to do these, you know, in-between tests where you have to draw famous characters to try and get a job. <laughs> like, if you're doing Disney, right. you got to do, like, Sleeping Beauty and Pocahontas. And, you know, apparently he failed all these tests, never got a job anywhere at one, any of the big animation houses. <coughs> Um, his first job was actually for King of the Hill, which I didn't know until I was doing this research. Yeah. Which is a sh- another thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh. you go. Because I was seeing like another thing he worked on was a show that I absolutely adore that only lasted one season called Mission Hill. Mm. And I just want to let people know if they have never seen Mission Hill, you should you should watch it. <laughs> it's fantastic. What is it? Um, it's basically a comedy about these uh, people living in a, not a flat, but a, um, what's it called? A loft, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're li- like in downtown New York. And uh, one of the characters, Little Brothers, who's in high school, like has to go live with them. And they all work at like an ad agency and stuff. And it's just like hijinks and stuff. And the, and the, and the, uh, the kid brother is like a total weeb. So he doesn't fit in with like all these like. It's awesome. He doesn't fit in right with all of these uh, uh, other people that are like cool and stuff. Um, well, but uh, it only has like. Let me see how many. It only has thirteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just ended. So you can pretty much buy the whole series, but like. It's sad because it it, ha- it has a bit of a cult following too. Like, uh, it's uh, it, it, it I think Adult Swim bought it at some point. That's where I saw it, and they would play it, and it sort of drummed up like a cult following. But nice. Well, it's funny yeah. that you bring that up because you know he talks about like his so his next big gig was Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he talked about before that he had only done like comedy stuff and like kind of more I don't know classic. TV tropey kind of sitcom kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. and then he got to do Avatar, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the stuff that I grew up watching." Um, quote: "I liked Robotech and Akira and all the things that Miyazaki was doing, and this was an opportunity to do something like that." 
Um, so, you know, one of us, a nerd, true nerd, getting his nerd moment. Um, but, you know, I, what I found most fascinating is how he ended up with Lucas. And, you know, working in the industry-ish, or really any kind of media industry, you'll find more often than not that the stories play out like this. It's not necessarily that you do such an amazing job on one thing and then your name gets passed around and then you, you know, it's kind of like that, but it's more often like this. So, you know, uh, Dave Filoni would hang out with this guy who was doing opening title sequence work for (laughs) Avatar The Last Airbender and they would, you know, step outside and get snacks and they would just geek out about Star Wars and... You know, Dave Filoni would talk a lot about how much he loved the prequels and how this other guy, Chris, should totally be checking them out and, you know, how they're so much better than everybody thinks they are. And, you know, this guy, Chris, then ended up telling this guy, George, you know, when George, not George Lucas, different George, um, you know, who could be great for a Star Wars show? He's like, oh, well, I know this geek over here on at Nickelodeon who adores Star Wars. I know this Wars. weeb. This guy. <laughs> on Avatar. Always wears this cowboy hat, likes wolves. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, you know, it's like, all right, that sounds good. Let's bring him in for an interview. And so then he, fl- you know, had to fly up and meet the real George. And they hit it off. <laughs> and... You know, um, they just, I guess, guests saw in each other as a mutual passion. And, you know, I think what happens when you're a fan, especially if you're a fan who's walking in defending the prequels, you're probably easily going to get on George Lucas's good side. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, as, as he said, a quote, like, I was in the right place at the right time, a lot. Uh, you need to work hard and surround yourself with a lot of talented people and seize the opportunity when you get it. Um, so, you know, yeah, just I what I love from that story is don't hide your nerd like like let your nerd flag fly, because it, yeah. if you love what you love, you never know what following it and loving it out loud might lead you to. <coughs> yep. um, so, yeah. And the rest is kind of history. I have a couple other like just random notes that relate to his background. Um he was a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and so Savage is like visually supposed to be a, a representation of like a like a linebacker from the Steelers with the black and yellow. Um, <laughs> there's also a droid named RS S6, which is named after Jerome Bettis's number. So he's kind of like a sports nerd and a Star Wars nerd, which is my kind of nerd. Um, yeah, and he, you know, he kind of just ended up carrying his love of you know star wars childhood into the series he made you know plo clune like a huge character because he loved plo clune there's no other reason for that (laughs) and uh yeah stuff like that so he's the ultimate nerd turned creator of you know the things he loved so i don't know who's gonna pick it up from there and talk about clone wars and shiz yeah, so after his stint uh, working on Avatar The Last Airbender, he got the chance to become the director of not only the Clone Wars movie, um, but the Clone Wars television series that continued on after. And he was a writer and director on that, and he was a storyboard artist for the movie, <coughs> interestingly enough. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then when he eventually moved on to Star Wars Rebels, he was the he was a director, writer, executive producer, and a storyboard artist. So Rebels is like the thing he's done the most on. Wow. 
uh, weirdly enough. And now it seems like he's pulled in so many different directions, like working on, you know, Star Wars Resistance and The Mandalorian sort of at the same time. Um, one of the things that I learned that I did not realize is that he did storyboards for The Force Awakens. What? I think that's so that's interesting. Really cool. And he had a voice cameo as a screaming Jakku villager. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they do that stuff. Yeah. Um, he was revealed to have played Chopper at the end of Star Wars Rebels, and so uh, anything that Chopper has showed up in, he's done the voice, so that includes Forces of Destiny, Rogue One, Force Awakens, uh, oh, not Force Awakens, I'm sorry, I looked at that list wrong, um, and then uh, Lego Star Wars All-Stars uh, as well. Um, and then he's currently uh, working on Star Wars Resistance, which he is a writer on and an executive producer on but he doesn't like handle the directing of the episode he has a little bit more of a hands-off approach to it i imagine um but i don't i don't know but at least the the vibe that i got and i don't know if you guys shared this but the vibe that i got when this show's coming out is that this one is a little bit more hands-off yeah with lucas and he went on to go do Clone Wars stuff again, but I, I don't know if that's actually true, but I don't know. Um, and then we do know that he is directing one episode of The Mandalorian, and he's an executive producer on the entire show, and he was at The Mandalorian panel with Jon Favreau. Um, and yeah, we kind of blazed through this really fast. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious, you know, talking about what you know, the Clone Wars experience was like, you know, and how, you know, I think people know that, that George was pretty, you know, involved <clears throat> during that process still, right? Um, he was overseeing the major storylines. So they kind of had this time together for years to mind meld, you know? Um, yeah. I think... I. I think it was maybe once a year he would go in and they would sit down. I think they obviously talked you know, on a case-by-case basis before that, um, you know, but I think they would have these long talks about, like, the general direction, and, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just so curious, really, as to how that relationship developed and got so deep so quickly, you know, for, for George to just totally trust him, (laughs) you know, um, I find that fascinating, um, did you did you see anything about their relationship when you were searching this? Um, not really. I know that they talked a lot. Yeah. Um, like I mean, I I joke when I say that you know, oh, he's the the Padawan himself, but like I I think like <laughs> George himself has called him that. Yeah. Like in a way, like he he's almost. Uh, Feels like he's passed on all of the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to Dave, and I think that Dave has really interesting um, ways of thinking about the series. Um, yeah, I, I saw I saw one thing that was saying that Filoni always got the sense that that George knew that he was not going to be <laughs> involved in all of this forever, and that he was kind of preparing everybody on the team for the eventuality of this quote that he would step away someday knowing the stories could still be told the way he had created them um we brought that as a group to the new version of lucasfilm and we are stepping forward just as 
just as at one point what the Walt Disney Company had in the absence of Walt Disney, which I find an interesting parallel that he made. Um, right. This idea of cre- carrying forward these spiritual legacies, um, you know, kind of under the same umbrella is kind of interesting. Uh. Yeah. And I mean, that's that in and of itself is a, a theme of Star Wars. Ah. And from from the um, like from the conversations that I've had with people from Lucas and stuff, I do get the sense that like they are very uh, particular about the people they get to work on the franchise. Yeah. Like they don't they don't just kind of <coughs> hand it to any director or writer that. Right wants it it's like i feel like the people who do work on these usually have of of are like a reverence for it and a and like a deep understanding of it at some on on some deeper level that maybe the average person like doesn't necessarily have or doesn't think about it in in such a way because there's a there's like a way of there's definitely a way of doing things and i think uh Filoni's kind of the proof of that. Like he, he definitely embodies that spirit. Yeah. And you could t- obviously that's going over very well because I think entrusting him with directing an episode of The Mandalorian clearly speaks very highly to to what people see as his kind of overall, you know, um, talent for telling these stories and not just you know keeping it focused in the animation realm which i feel like is so rare and very cool to see you know someone kind of break through like that from animation into live action that does not happen a ton um yeah Mm -hmm. dave filoni man alex do you have anything more to add i mean i think you guys hit most of it the only thing that i would add was is that you you usually don't see somebody who's taking on like a second, not necessarily a secondary role, but he, he he was not George Lucas. He didn't create the Star Wars universe, but the fact that he's right. been able to create stuff himself, and that he teases us once in a while, like on Twitter when he posts his interesting pictures with poetry, yes, little things here and there, like Ahsoka lives question marks, and he he's creating a narrative without officially creating a narrative, and then when it finally happens, it's it's just so much fun to see it develop from just a quick sketch. And then, you know, two years later, all of a sudden, you'll go to Comic-Con and you'll see what it actually was and what that sketch meant. Like, they're not just little bits of, oh, you know, I feel like just drawing this today. It's something that's in development. I think that's a really mm-hmm. good point, and I love that you brought up the fact that he was an artist. Um, you know, apparently he did a bunch of um, murals in his high school, in his hometown. Like, he's always been... I, I find that path very interesting. I don't know how much you know about Tim Burton's history, but... He's a creator who I find mentally kind of drawing parallels to with Filoni because they both started out as animators for Disney. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Tim Burton's someone who also, if you look at any movie, he's his, part of his, like, first process is to just sketch some of the art that's going to end up actually in the film. And uh, that's such an interesting dual talent to be able to have that physical creative sketch yeah. art and the creative storytelling. Um is to be like i have a vision and i can like show you make you make you look at it yeah that's yeah. very cool and and rare and uh you know i love it yeah dave filoni oh i'm excited to learn more about his process 
you know, because I also could not find any information about why he wears the hat. He he, uh, met, he, he mentioned it? it in one of the panels. Did I, he? he? Yeah, it was something really random, but uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It might have been the Clone Wars panel at Comic-Con this year. I mean, the thing about him is if you watched him in these panels, too, like he is, I don't want to say uncomfortable because he does look like he's having fun. Um, he's he's but, very careful as to what he says. Like yes. he doesn't want to let things slip out. and He's very meticulous as to, you know, what information gets released to when. And also looking at the way he dresses, too, a lot of the times, the little hints that you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, he seems a little stressed by the... <laughs> The demands of keeping secrets. Um, something. Well, I think he's more stressed that, like, nobody else can keep secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Clone Wars panel was hilarious for that. Um, yeah. The trust tree. He kept talking about his trust tree. <laughs> yeah. And he seemed pretty serious when he would bring up that concept. Um, you know, because it's got to be. It's got to be a lot of pressure. It was interesting seeing uh, the difference between Favreau's energy because I think Favreau's been, I don't know, dealing with the kind of bright lights of that kind of stuff for a little bit longer now with all the Marvel stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, it was cool seeing him in person. He seems like a very humble dude um, who's been giving given so much power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love all the stuff he's added. You know, I think the second, the very end of Rebels, I think, was the best indication of what a future you know, with more felony in it, Star Wars kind of world could look like. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'll have I'll have the Star Wars with a side of felony. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, please. Yes. Knock knock knock. Alright. <laughs> well we have some big heavy news stories to get to, so we should get to those. Let's do it. Yeah, there's a lot. <clears throat> I have good news for you, my lord. <laughs> first news story we're gonna get it out of the way because it's sad probably should have opened the show with this but uh we did not um so peter uh, peter mayhew the man behind chewbacca passed away uh a few days ago april 30th so last week um and it's sad it sucks i'll read a little bit from the starwars.com article it says uh we are heartbroken to learn that he has gone. Peter passed away at his home in North Texas on April 30th with his family by his side. He was 74. Peter played Chewbacca or Chewie, a towering hairy Wookiee in every Star Wars film from 1977's Star Wars A New Hope to 2015's Star Wars The Force Awakens, standing 7 feet 3 inches tall, which is huge. Mayhew's Chewbacca was an imposing sight, and through body language alone, he could convey anger, curiosity, and delight alongside Harrison Ford's Han Solo. Um, and I will not go on uh, longer reading that, but it's sad. It's sad to hear, because I knew that uh, he had been having a lot of health problems. Yeah, and, stuff. Yeah, uh, and when we were at Celebration, like he was supposed to do some signings, and I remember hearing that they announced that he had canceled... Um, yeah yeah i don't remember if he canceled the whole time but he definitely canceled for that day yeah like the first day um but i i don't know i don't i don't know if that's necessarily linked you know but um yeah 
It is unfortunate. He'll be missed. But, you know, no one's ever really gone, am I right? Such a good quote that we get to use now when all of our yeah. old Star Wars Thanks, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's also the, like, uh, rejoice for those who return to the Force, right? Mourn them, do not. Miss them, do not. Uh, anyway. Bye, Peter. You're we awesome. We miss you. We're going to miss you. Anyway, now we'll go on to more positive news. Hear the new John Williams suite from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So, uh, for those of you that are unaware, John Williams wrote the theme for Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. They actually played it at Star Wars Celebration in the Galaxy's Edge panel, but they just recently released the audio file um, on Spotify and some other places, and uh, just... I, I assume it's just on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Apple Music. Yeah, yeah it's everywhere. So um, you can go listen to it. It's cool. Uh, thoughts? I it's, don't know. It it's exciting. Like it definitely feels like a theme park song. Um, and yeah. I, I took a listen to it since they released it because hearing it during the panel live stream was a little hard to do with everyone cheering. I'm just, <clears throat> yeah, everyone going, right. yeah. Uh, I'm just really excited to hear this when I walk into the land. And I'm curious to see if this is going to be a song that plays in only part of the land like the main entrances and if you're going to have different music depending on which area you're in like mood music mm-hmm. almost kind of like how in a movie there's different soundtrack pieces i'm sure the cantina will have its own yeah. music and stuff too but so. i i really enjoyed it I'm, I'm really excited to uh go and experience this in august yeah for sure I know. I'm. I'm. It's. It's weird to think that we are going there in three months. Well, it's crazy to think that this was announced. I don't know how many years ago, and at the end of this month, it finally opens. Uh, cast member previews, are, I think, are in like a week. Like this is. It's crazy oh, yeah. how, how close it's it is to being real. Um, yeah, my my, my good friend Steve, who works at ILM X Lab, gets to go at the end of the nice. month. Ah, and I'm Steve. Very jealous. A jealous boy. Anyway, <laughs> next up, this was announced actually on Star Wars Day, because I remember we were all talking about it in line for Free Comic Book Day, but uh, Lucasfilm unveils complete journey to Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker publishing program. Uh, before we go on, I noticed that it seems like there's less stuff than they usually do. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. I don't want as much. I mean, there's still a, there's still a lot here, but to be fair, most of what they announced was kind of uh, like kids yeah. books and stuff. So, you know, not necessarily things that we would read because they're for like four year olds. But like, <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward uh, to the book and magnetic playset. Okay, <laughs> twenty plus magnets. You don't know me. I'm gonna read <laughs> how to force with Ray and Kylo. Hey, this know. search and find sounds fun, and I get to color I'm it. Getting. I'm getting the amazing sticker adventures. I mean, I don't know Lucky. what you guys are going to be doing. Oh, yeah. All that amazing sticker <laughs> adventures. Um, anyway, the first one, the one that I'm honestly most excited for, I was very excited to see that this was a real thing we were getting. Uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker Resistance Reborn. Which is funny because Resistance Reborn was one of the... One of the... the Type, the rumored like, titles, titles yeah. quote unquote, one of the rumored titles. So now we know where it's from. Um, this is being written by 
Rebecca Roanhorse. Can I just say real quick that like we have a legion of amazing women who are creating a Star Wars novel universe? Just putting that out there. Uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, I don't know who this is. It doesn't say like what other stuff she wrote. Um, I think this might be her first. Very exciting. Star Wars book, but I don't want to. Hang on, let's Google. Let's see what. Well, she's her name done. is Rebecca, so she's obviously awesome. Yeah. Also, Oscar Isaac looks nice on this cover, and <sighs> that alone is a reason to buy this book if that's the final art. Um, she's won a couple uh, Hugo awards for like best novel and stuff. That's pretty um, good. She says she is like a primarily like a science fiction and fantasy author, so. Yes, first Star Wars book, so it's cool. Um, the description is, In this journey to Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker novel, Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Rey, and Finn must struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order in Star Wars The Last Jedi. So we're, this is pretty early to get some like in-between material, I feel like. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it yeah, won't be until like, too, you know, too late. Like, it'll be pretty close to the movie yeah. release, which would be nice, too. So this comes out this... God, this week. This comes out <laughs> the same week as Jedi Fallen Order and The Mandalorian. Yes. So... Oh, my goodness gracious. You get to pick. Play a game, read a book, or watch a show. Ah, or duh, It's all just everywhere. Or all of it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, this one, they added a... Uh, they added a thing for, and I was unaware of it. Uh, but uh, there is Journey to Star Wars: Rise of the Skywalker Force Collection. This one I'm excited about. Uh, a young adult novel by Kevin Schnick. Schnick? I'm not sure. Sorry, Kevin. In this young adult novel, set just before The Force Awakens, a restless teenager sets out to discover what connection his mysterious Force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the Force has in store for him. Cool. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, <laughs> What's with the Terminator music? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, the cover is interesting. It's a it's a guy, and, he, and on his back he has a Stormtrooper helmet, and then in his backpack he has a lightsaber, a holocron, one of the ball droids, um, some other stuff. He's got some books. So, <laughs> Could be cool. He's got two little books you know? in the satchel. He's looking all studious. Is he gonna find a holocron and realize he's force sensitive and things are gonna happen? You know, that kind of thing. We'll see. Uh, all right, and then next up we have a book called Allegiance, Star Wars Allegiance. Da, 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 da. It is a Marvel comic written by Ethan Sachs. Art by Luke Ross. It's a comic mini series. It will only be four episodes, or four episodes, four issues. The description is on the run since the destruction of Starkiller Base. General Leia and the remaining handful of Resistance have barely managed to survive, much less strike back against the superior forces of the First Order. Running low on options, Leia decides to reach out to her former allies, the Mon Calamari, Ooh. whose shipyards once powered the Rebel Alliance. I hope that means we get to see them in Rise of Skywalker. Mm. The Mon yeah. Calamari. That could be cool. We'll see. Um, and then I will just quickly go through a lot of the uh, the kids and tween fiction, as it's called. 
So we have Star Wars, We Are the Resistance. We have World of Reading, Star Wars Resistance Heroes. World of Reading, Star Wars First Order Villains. Choose Your Own Destiny, Star Wars A Finn and Poe Adventure, which I actually really like the cover art for this. Me too. It's kind of old school, like, war era cartoony cartoon strip. I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a middle grade novel called Star Wars Spark <coughs> of the Resistance. Um, we have more Star Wars Adventures comics coming from IDW. Um and they're specifically they're doing i guess a an arc uh where mighty wookies of kashyyyk must defend their home against the armies of the evil first order plus r2d2 c3po and bb8 team up on a secret spy adventure for the resistance Uh, and that will be on sale in october uh november and december of this year um there's also the ultimate star wars new edition uh encyclopedia dk like uh reference book Mm -hmm. um it says this fully updated comprehensive and detailed encyclopedia explores the characters creatures locations vehicles and technology found throughout the entire star wars galaxy i haven't ultimate sorry you keep going (laughs) okay ultimate star wars new edition is an in-depth visual guide packed with full of exhaustive information about star wars including the last jedi solo a star wars story and star wars resistance and a sneak peek at Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. So I bought one of these after Phantom Menace, and it was enormous. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I loved it dearly. And I would love to buy another one, because obviously they need to be... New stuff happens all the time, but gosh, I can't imagine how big this book must be now. <laughs> mm-hmm. but- Ooh, all right, we got a couple more kids books and then some art stuff to go through so or yeah so we've got like becky mentioned rise of skywalker the amazing sticker <laughs> adventures 72 page book that includes 500 yes of characters and apparently an adventure of some kind so i'm yeah in. we're going on an adventure with the stickers that's, that's great. what i imagine um a cinemagic book the movie making magic of star wars ships and battles which sounds cool um and it's a behind the scenes uh, hardcover, hardcover yeah yeah i think that's neat uh there's the ultimate pop-up galaxy from my previous employers inside edition shout out to your friend whose name is escaping yeah me. shout out to Wait, shout out to eric eric he's good mess eric he's a good he's a good boy you're a good boy not get wrinkled you're a good boy <laughs> there is the uh rise of skywalker the resistance uh sound book there's the Rise of Skywalker play and magnetic yes. playset. There's the Star Wars search and find. Yes. I'd actually be into. Yeah. I might be into that. Um, and then I want to start collecting these because they are beautiful. Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah. The art of Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker. And I love the cover the so, so much. So good. So good. The cover is so good. Um, there's, not, there's no information really about it. Oh, I guess there is. <laughs> I, I scrolled down and... I scrolled down and thought it was the thing for the next book, but it's not. All right. So the official behind-the-scenes concept, production, and post-production art for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Go inside the creative process behind the most anticipated film of the century. All right. Calm uh, down. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but okay. It's pretty anticipated, but I don't know about I mean, most anticipated film of the century. Y'all, Endgame was kind of like a big deal, too. But. Yeah, that was I a think Endga- pretty big movie. As much as I poo-poo on Marvel a lot, even though I watch them and enjoy them, uh, Endgame was kind of 
like the biggest movie of the century. I can't imagine anything ever being bigger. Continue. Uh, the latest trilogy in the Star Wars film series brings the Skywalker saga to a close, and the art of Rise of Skywalker will take readers into the creative process behind visualizing the epic world's creatures, characters, costumes, weapons, vehicles, and landmark uh, of the landmark conclusion more than 40 years in the making. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm, so excited. <laughs> I'm excited to have the trilogy of trilogies conclude. That's going to be the title of a book at some point. The trilogy, the trilogy of trilogies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all one story. Quick shout out, just after looking at this cover, uh, to another thing at Celebration. If I had the money, I would spend the money on the good art. The good art is so good. <laughs> like, I was dying at some of these, like, artists' paintings and hot takes of the universe. Um, and, yeah. oh, just such great stuff people are doing. And did, th- this kind of water brush style reminds me of that. Did you see the super long mural that they had? Yeah, it's at Lucas. Yeah, you now. can order it uh, for your own uh, own home. <laughs> Seven yeah. feet long is the smallest well, not- one that they have, and it goes up to 12 feet long. Yeah, it's so, crazy. I'm like, where would I even put that? You know, in your bathroom, okay. it just loops. I have a great place. If you had a big enough room, you could make it the wallpaper. Right? I, but I'm like, super tempted to order one. I just don't know where I'd put it yet. Yeah, and be like, one day when my <laughs> when I have my Star Wars room, get like, right I'll, there. it would be the wallpaper. Or you could... But then you'd feel bad because then you'd put bookshelves over it and stuff to display well, things, and then you wouldn't see it. And I it. would want to frame it. Like, hey, uh, can I get a frame that's 3 feet by 12 feet long? Like, that's not going to be possible. And they'd be like, what? But yeah, the art at Celebration is one of my favorite things about the convention. So much cool stuff. There was this... My, the best piece of art that I wanted that I didn't see was this cool artist who was doing a lot with shadows and there was this cantina scene that had just the characters in shadow but you could tell who they were and it was really sexy and cool um, but yeah everyone has a point of view and they're all gorgeous so yeah yeah alright moving through this uh, Rise of Skywalker the Visual Dictionary uh, 200 page definitive guide you know what the visual dictionaries are they have all kinds of stuff in real them. quick though alex who's this what is this dude we're seeing on the cover of? do we know this guy already yeah as a first order snow trooper although i don't know if we've seen him with this cape yeah, yeah that's a that's a snazzy cape yeah it is a snazzy cape um and then we have the rise of skywalker official movie special uh don't know what that is but it says an in-depth collector's edition featuring material from long o- from long-awaited the all-new Star Wars movie. That seems <laughs> it's, cool. a, it's a it's a magazine that's gonna come out. Come on, StarWars.com. No, <laughs> uh, the Rise of Skywalker, including interviews with the cast and uh, exclusive imagery. So I wasn't commenting on like the product. I was commenting on the how that was written. Yes. Um, it was a little <laughs> weird. Um, and then we have some kids fiction get through which is star wars the galaxy needs you which i'm not gonna lie i might buy i was gonna say look how cute this book looks and the cover is so great yeah uh and then there is rise of skywalker the official guy yeah and that's it uh honestly the thing i'm most excited about is the thing at the very top which is resistance reborn and the and the sticker adventure yeah and and 
I'm like, I gotta read this before the movie. I mean, I'm sure I don't, but I just, in my head, I'm like, I gotta do it. <laughs> and I just, I feel like the way that they have, like, displayed Oscar Isaac's stubble is, like, really impressive. You know, it's kind of has a nice gradient on there that makes him look super sexy. A good old gradient. Yeah. Good old gradient. <laughs> we, All right. There needs to be another lady on this podcast. I'm just throwing, <laughs> throwing my thirsty out for no one. Hey, I, I was like, hey, we could get a fourth person, and everybody shot me down. Oh, gosh. So, well, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just like, kick Alex off. <laughs> I'll rotate in and out. Yeah. Uh, gameplay from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order to premiere at EA Play event in June. So this is at E3 is where it's happening. Um, EA Play event. Be... Some some big video game event to be named. EA Play is the event that EA does like literally on the same street as E3 every year. And they say they're not at E3 even though they kind of yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, but it's an, it's like an event and it's outside it's usually at a park and they have a bunch of consoles that you can that the public like the public can literally like get tickets to and they can walk up and play like these games before they come out so if you are in the LA area uh, during E3 and you get EA Play tickets, there's a chance you could go play Jedi Fallen Order Sweet. a couple months before it comes out just saying do it do it <laughs> do it uh yeah so that's cool i'm excited about that i i liked the trailer but i am definitely um excited to see some gameplay not excited to see people's i'm never excited to see people's reactions no, on twitter and stuff but they're the worst yeah anyway uh starwars.com team wins emmy love this uh which is cool so you know kudos I'm, uh, yeah, congrats. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Moving on. Wait, no. It's a you don't even say what it was for. <laughs> it was for that uh, Star Wars A New Hope, like, fake trailer thing that was like the opening of Arrested Development narrated yeah. by Ron Howard, who Which was great. narrates was really Arrested uh, Development. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, they won for um, Outstanding Daytime Promotional Announcement Topical Category. That's an awesome category. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Who who knew? Anyway. Yeah. Who knew? Let's see. Disney's Hollywood Studios celebrates 30th anniversary with new logo. And who's on the logo? BB-8. Look at him. Anyway. That's it. Ah. (laughs) It's exciting, though. It's got... It celebrates their, what, 10th anniversary of me refusing to call it Hollywood Studios and continuing it to call it MGM Studios because <laughs> that's just what it is. Well, they're celebrating their 30th of, thirtieth anniversary of existence, and then they will also be getting Galaxy's Edge later on this year, too. So it's, uh, it's, big year. it's a big year for that little theme park. Yeah. Which, speaking of theme parks... Speaking right. of... Oh snap! It's opening. That's why I'm stretching that out. <laughs> Reservations for Disneyland, Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge. Oh my God! Go away. Uh, park <laughs> snatched up in less than two hours. A pop up came up from the site, and I was like, No. Um, Disneyland began began accepting online reservations on Thursday morning from fans who want to be the first park visitors to experience Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. 
Within two hours, all reservation slots had been filled. The $1 billion expansion, which is set to open May 31st, is expected to draw such large crowds that Disney instituted a free reservation process for the first month of its debut. At 1 p.m. Eastern time, fans were permitted to sign up for four-hour windows to visit the new land at Disneyland in California. Before 3 p.m., all reservations were closed. Question. Okay, so does this mean they're going to have, like, a? you're going to have to get it in line to just get into that part of the park? Yes. They're, I'm not going anytime soon. Well, kids. okay, so just so you know, this is for people who are visiting the park between May 31st and June 23rd. After the 23rd of June, it's going to be open to everybody. So if you, It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. It's be yeah. Um, insane. So what's going to be interesting to see is how they where they have people queue up for their time slots and also how they clear the uh, the land. Uh, because, yeah, you're given four hours, but does that account for getting people out of the land too for the next time slot? It's, it's really interesting, and I'm really curious to see what the logistics for this will be and also well, I, how it's going to be on the 24th. I, I imagine four hours is kind of how much they budget for people to spend there like how much they think how long it would take someone to walk around there so they've staggered it that yeah. way well i think they've budgeted two hours for the millennium falcon ride and then an additional two hours to do shopping and eating so do you not think there's going to be an individual like fast pass sign up for that ride i don't know they haven't really talked about it i'm sure that there will be it's just going to be kind of hard to get a fast pass when you're in the land like how do you regulate who can get that fast pass once you're in the land using the max pass system. Like, I have a feeling after the 23rd, it'll be open to everybody. But during this, the first month of operations, it'll just be, hey, you have four hours. You will be guaranteed to go on the ride during those four hours. You just have to get in line. Like, it's, it's going to be very touch and go. Oh, I'm not going anytime soon, oh, friends. We're, we're going to wait till August. It'll calm down a little bit. Um, but, yeah. I'm waiting until December. <laughs> Which is probably when it's going to peak back up again, yeah. so I might be screwed. It's, I think it's going to be peak <laughs> all the way through December. I don't think it's going to calm down. It'll be peak until Marvel Land opens. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I think... Which is which will be in, like, four right. years. Well, I so. think once the version in Orlando opens in September, it'll help with the crowds, because from May through September, this will be the only version that's open. So everybody who wants to see Star Wars Land is going to head straight to Disneyland. After September, yeah. you'll have, what, like half of the U.S. going one way, the other half going the other. They're supposed to be identical, so it's not like you're going to be missing things if you go to one versus the other. Um, and my sister uh, reminded me of a, a, a great thing, is that the best news about this for huge Disney World fans is that you're going to finally go be able to go to Flight of Pandora or whatever and not have to wait two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because this is going to take a lot of that traffic. Um, just in general, as just to slow it down the whole s- Disney flood there, and that's the greatest ride that they've ever built. So that's a win. Yeah. Speaking of Pandora, <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Avatar sequels got delayed <clears throat> more. I feel like they've been delayed a decade at this point. At right? this point, I'm. Basically. I don't need them. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm never gonna bet against this horse because this horse has all the money. But yeah. it, it's getting harder and harder for me not to want to say something like, oh, this is going to be a huge disaster. But I'm not going to say that. I really don't think it will. I, I think that they will still make money. Of course they will. 
Like, they might, they, they, obviously, and I know this has nothing to do with Star Wars, but I, I don't think that, I think there is still a fan base, and even then, people will still remember and be like, oh yeah, that thing. And I think that the sequel will be, according to, like, Cameron, like, the, all of the sequels are wildly different from the first one. Like, they all take place on, like, different planets and have, like, different things going on and stuff, so, like... I don't think it's just going to be, like, more of the same. Like, I think you're going to get, like, wildly different experiences. So I imagine I, having that much power and that much money to just create these like, worlds and yeah, these films that's the, for years and years and years? That's the other thing that I think is interesting about Avatar is that it's sort of just, like, one dude wanted to make a movie in this really specific way, and then he did it, and it was the most profitable... I mean, up until, na- like, recently, it was the most profitable movie ever it's still it's right just, i mean i th- no i think endgame has officially taken it no yeah. not yet already it's it. it's like right on the cusp it hit the two I billion mean, mark but i think avatar is at 2.8 whereas marvel's at like 2.3 right now i mean it's gonna pass it, it. will it it's, i thought it passed it today it passed as the number one opening for a movie but i don't know if it's but passed. that had already been that had already been done by the infinity war right uh, I think that had been done by. Oh, it beat Titanic, Titanic yeah. today, uh, so it's, it's getting, getting there. It's there. getting close. It only needs five hundred and eighty million more to beat Avatar. Well, and I'm going next week, so I'll be I'll I'll help. Yeah, I'd like to see. <laughs> it's it gonna beat Avatar. Oh yeah, it's only a matter of time. As it should. So. I mean, like I think the coolest thing about Avatar and Titanic were that they were original ideas based on no source material besides a, a, a huge tragedy which is weird um but uh, space, <laughs> the source material of mass space death people and a bunch of people freezing to death an easily like a pretty easily avoidable uh, yeah i mean they should um, not have been trying to take those people's land i mean they had blue skin they touched hairs i mean come on you don't i think we're talking about oh, different movies okay. but anyway <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, um, so, and I kind of like that those two will still stand as two and three, but you got to give it up to the, the 40, the 20 movie, or however many movie in the making chaos that, that is Endgame, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see about these Avatar films, who knows? Anyway, going off of the <laughs> Avatar news, uh, this news comes as part of a larger shift in release dates unveiled by Walt Disney Studios. The company is moving around the debuts of various movies it inherited after buying the bulk of 20th Century Fox's film and television assets in a $71.3 billion merger. Just think about that. That much money. Wow. Like, we could solve so many problems with $71.3 billion. I know, I thought about that when you said the billion dollars for the Star Wars park, and then I felt guilty about where my priorities are in life. Star Wars. Anyway, as part of the... As part, as part of the great release date shakeup, Disney announced that there will be a trio of untitled Star Wars entries. These will hit theaters after Star Wars Rise of Skywalker brings the Skywalker's... I'd say spin-off saga. It's not right. They Come don't on, know. Variety. This is the this is the thing. <laughs> brings the Skywalker saga to a close this December. The first uh, of the new three films will hit the big screen on December 16th. 2022 oh. if we get there yeah 
Yeah. There will be two other follow-ups that premiere in the Christmas Corridor. Like that. <laughs> the Christmas Corridor. All right, Variety, you won me back. Uh, on, <laughs> on December 20th, 2024, and December 18th, 2026, this news, me- this news means that Disney is poised to dominate the busy holiday movie-going season for the foreseeable future as it alternates between Avatar and Star Wars films. Moviegoers will be treated to whatever um and it apparently moved around some of the x-men films and stuff that were coming from uh hold up hold up hold hold up i did not know that uh Maisie williams was in a new x-men film she in new mutants i guess so wait does that mean that they're gonna be x-men together because that's absolutely freaking adorable her, her Probably not, because New Mutants is like separate, a separate yeah. story. It's like a horror movie in that universe. Ooh. Have you not seen it the trailer good. for the New Mutants? I have not seen Endgame. I have not seen the last three episodes of Game of Thrones. I have not been on social media. I am in a blackout until I can catch up with the world. So no, I know nothing about this New Mutants scenario. But I'm excited. <laughs> Oh my god. This has nothing to... Just talking about the MCU, but like this podcaster I follow, he has kids, and he said, uh, and they're like teenagers, and he said, took the kids to Endgame tonight. Second viewing for me. Rad time to be alive for this stuff. For them, it represents the culmination of most of their lives. <laughs> that's true. And I was like, oh no, that's so true. I mean, it's yeah. It's like... If Iron Man came out when you were like three, wow. you're now like a teenager wow. in high school. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It, That's insane, it's a great man. nerd time to be alive. Although if you were born in the 70s, you're now just now this year going to be like, oh, this Star Wars thing's ending. Nope. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> ending. Ha 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 ha. Well, this, yeah, the the core i'd say the core story is ending but everything else is there's they're like we'll go into the universe he's on vol do you honestly think that we're never gonna see like ray in a movie again like no that's i don't i think we'll see them again but i think as as in terms of like this is the canonical mythological story like this is it like it'll be this trilogy of trilogies like i said uh, and it'll be interesting and this will be like the core text of the Star Wars universe, and then everything else is just gravy. Well, I'm, Love it. I'm curious to see too if they're going to continue moving forward in the timeline, or jump back in the timeline, like really I far think back. Do both. Well, for these next three movies, because I'm sure they're going to do both. I but think, I mean, they could even. I mean, they could even um, just like Ryan Johnson's trilogy could be during like Episode Four, but it just might be off doing something else. Like we don't know, like. It could be a romantic comedy. We have no idea. I, w- <laughs> like, I would love to like lock down this time period, though. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Just to put like, you know, it just in ink and say, all right, these hundred years off limits. Yeah, like we're done yeah. with this for a while. Let's let's either move forward. I honestly, I think it'd be better that they move backwards. Let let this whole time sink in and let's talk about you know the the formation of the Jedi Order or. You know the Sith Wars, or I don't know. There's so much that they can talk about that hasn't been explored. Let's let's hit another time because we're kind of. There's gonna. I mean, they sort of explored is. all that in Legends, but, but it's but not part of the canon. It doesn't now. count anymore. Yeah. No. 
And I think also you're going to get a little bit of fatigue with people. Because that is a lot of Star Wars coming out. Marvel is a little different because you had different types of stories that worked well together. But if you could just continue on with the same, you know, not the same, but I mean, you just continue on with, with episodes, people want to see something different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the ep- that's when I like the episodes have a have a feel and like the 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 uh, trilogies only come every once a generation. Like the the whole like a, every generation has its legend mm-hmm. is sort of like the point. That's why they take such massive breaks between them. And that's and I I don't know that we'll ever get more. Like I don't know, we may get an episode ten, you know, but like I. It's gonna be I, a while if we do. <laughs> Let it. If we do, it'll be a forever, and I who knows if it'll even be an episode ten. Like I, I would be, I think I would be more happy, even if Ray and Kylo and characters like that come back in other movies or stuff. I think I would be more. Uh, content if we like actually ended it here because they are really talking about this movie like it is they are the yeah. end i loved that language know. all throughout celebration they kept talking about it as you know uh, a really fitting end to everything and i'll tell you the one thing i didn't realize from the trailer until d- days later was the medal that they were holding was from the uh, end of new hope but i'm you know i'm not that i can't recognize every single little thing but when i saw that you know, those little touches that make it really feel like they're bringing everything to a close. Yeah. Feels really good. Mm-hmm. For sure. How do we feel about after this having to wait three whole years for another I'm movie? Okay. There's so much other stuff going on yeah, there's, Mandalorian. I have That's like true. 90 books I have to catch up on. We have The Mandalorian. The, yeah, they're not going to stop releasing books. I, I uh, hate to the Cassian <laughs> Andor show is going to come up at some point, which we can't forget about. There's all the the we call it not the 3d but the like the darth vader vr experiences that there's stores that we have to figure out and, and learn about there's hey that comes out at the end yeah. of this month i gotta order my oculus so dude like stuff that comic books i mean resistance, I is, still going. resistance is still going i'm sure we're gonna get more cartoon series uh they're probably at some point i bet within the next five years we get a cartoon or a show or something about ezra and soka Oh, we're gonna get, I think, a definitely Something. more animated TV content on Disney Plus. That's yeah. that's gotta happen. How would you or, feel? Like, this is a, this is a just a snowball over the fence. But like, how would you feel? <laughs> I know I just made I like, that, I like, but like that's not that's gonna be on our next uh, shirt. How how would you? It's it's like a point or something that I'm gonna make. But by the time it gets over the fence, like it's gonna melt no. and probably not gonna matter. Right, no, but, like, no, I like it. All right, uh, like how would you feel if? they did like instead of like they'll they'll obviously keep doing animated shows like resistance is popular like r- despite the like trashing it got before it even came out because of the art style which you were not very... even a part of at all no i no way <laughs> i i wasn't like on the trailer putting bad comments it's and true. like downvoting it and so it's i just true. said hey i'm gonna watch it i'm just I not saw a big fan your comments right. under true believer true fan <laughs> 4722 okay i saw what you wrote real revin <laughs> 420 um how would you feel if uh alongside maybe like the one show they're doing they did like two hour animated movies. Yeah. I feel great about it. Kind of like how the DC movies kind of come out randomly. 
do that with with yeah like what would be really cool is like every year they randomly drop a two-hour animated film that tells a little bit more of the ahsoka story. yes that's what i was gonna say right? yes like, ahsoka and it's a beat around the world exactly give this, it to me all of a sudden one day they drop it a trilogy of trilogies with us <laughs> just you know ahsoka just just make the, oh my god i like that but that would be really cool because it would be something that's more star wars that you don't necessarily have to fill up the whole series with that's more content for, for people to enjoy and digest and it, it's it just kind of gives you more without having to always be waiting for a movie a thousand bucks we get an ahsoka the white animated tv movie i'm waiting for the action figure <laughs> we need something yeah well i yeah i i three year i honestly it's crazy because i thought oh we'll have a year off that'll no. be good <laughs> And then they're like, no, three years off. I'm like, oh my god. Like that's just it just feels like a long time. But but at the same time it's like uh, I've other people were like, yeah, but all of these movies were 2 years apart. And I'm like, yeah, they were, but we had stuff in the middle. Like that so it didn't feel as long like long await. It was like you got another basket of bread while you were waiting for the, you know what I mean, for the rest of the food. So it was like, oh yeah, okay, I'll eat bread. Well, I think I like, think the Mandalorian. Now it's like now you get now you get no bread for three years. And I disagree. <laughs> I feel like the Mandalorians Wait. like our is like our limited breadsticks. I know. I think they're just <laughs> gonna keep coming out, and they're gonna be movies like every week for a couple months a year, and it's gonna be killer. And then they'll toss this stuff yeah. for ravioli once in a while with like a special. I mean, it is clear. It is clear that the Marvel formula did not work, right? What? Like for this franchise. For- what do you mean? Oh, like doing the additional like little Like them trying to do even more than one thing a year. Or like in such quick yeah, they need a space I don't like, like didn't statements seem to like work. this. I don't like statements like this because it's all based around one thing, which is Solo's box office take, which I feel like is contributed by so many other factors than just fatigue, this kind of intangible... Oh, I don't believe in the fatigue either, but I'm saying that like... I don't know. Like it, 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 it was it, too soon. Personally, I felt like it was too somehow soon. Marvel. Somehow Marvel releases three movies a year, and everyone thinks they're great. But like, why can't Star Wars release three movies? I don't what, think they what's can't. The I, I, that's my problem. Is that I, I think we're making, you know, we assume that there was this over flooding based on one film, and I think there was other problems with that film in terms of the drama and its production leading to kind of a bad press wrap. And then I think general confusion about what the film was. Yeah. I liken it to like a Wii U to a Wii scenario <laughs> where people weren't quite sure what they were getting, why they were getting it, when they were getting it. And I just think that was a weird movie to release at that moment. Um, it's not like Marvel in that it's going to be contributing to something that you're going to need in the canon. It was you know well, and I think this little side piece and I think the Marvel movies too when they release them they're kind of sequential like you know this yeah. story's kind of happening and it's going to relate to this whereas yep. Solo is a story that takes place like 40 years before the last Jedi right so all of a sudden you're like oh we're going to move forward up oh, let's move backwards 40 years to a prequel before you know A New Hope who's going to explain Hobbes like it, it's just too much bouncing around and then like like Vicky said there's a lot of issues with the production of it, it it just threw people off, and I I do believe that, there was a little bit of fatigue too, though. Like and that be yeah, absolutely, it's way too close to the last film. But that being said, I think, you know, 
overall like reviews and then DVD sales were excellent. And oh, yeah. now what you think about with Disney Plus is that they have this new avenue. It doesn't have to be box office sales. It's Disney Plus subscriptions. So they might even have more freedom now to release things in quicker succession. Um, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm just not convinced that this idea of, oh, we can't handle more than one Star Wars movie every two years. I don't I don't think that's true. I think that Solo was a specific case of lots of different elements that might not replicate again if they wanted to do another anthology, say maybe an Obi-Wan old Ben film starring Ewan McGregor, perhaps if somebody wanted to I think to they're do doing that, that mini series. Oh, I believe. Give it to me. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. <laughs> Yeah. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. <laughs> um, the Star Wars, yeah. 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 But anyway, now here's the real question. Do you think that the tr- the upcoming trilogy is the Benioff and Weiss trilogy? Or do you think that it's the Ryan Johnson trilogy? No clue. I have no Benioff idea. Benioff and Weiss, right? I, Haven't they said more I'm about more that? I'm more inclined to believe that it's the Ryan Johnson trilogy mm. because he just finished... The movie he was working on, Knives Out. He said once he was done, he was going to move on and work on that. Who knows? And uh, I don't know about you, <laughs> Alex, but the way that this season's going, I'm less. I'm getting less excited about Benny Huff and Weiss. Can, can, can I make a suggestion? Becky, plug your ears real quick, just for like 10 no, seconds. No, okay, oh, fine, okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say spoilers. I'm just going to say, I feel like they're like, oh shoot, we get to do a Star Wars movie? Let's start writing that. And they pushed... Game of Thrones to the side. They're like, all right, we're gonna. Oh, oh, we gotta finish up this series. Just, just make this stuff happen and focus on Star Wars, like they're fanboying or something. I don't think they're allowed to do I that. I don't know. But... You're watching it just as the same as I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's happening. Can I come back you now? can come back now. Yeah, and then when the direwolf um, bit yeah. the butt, like, I okay. loved that part. You know, I'm very confused because <laughs> I exchanged limited, but, you know, enough English words with these lovely young Spanish men over the weekend. And they seem to think Game of Thrones was going excellently. So I'm very confused about the subtext of the way you're talking about it. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> these Spanish men that you are talking to are the only people that I have heard say anything. I positive. heard that the episode, not this past episode, but the episode before that was excellent. It was. Uh, it was a. I don't hear anything else. I don't know why I'm inviting this. Okay, <laughs> it's, this, is, it's, no, this oh, is a Star Wars podcast. It's a good show. Star Wars. It's a good show. It was a thing, was a I, thing watched. I watched. Oh it's God. coming to an end. Uh, we're still going to celebrate with the party once it ends. Because I think we can all appreciate all. Yeah, because we'll, we'll be, be free, free of the curse. Uh, no, it's it's wow. it's good. I think the wow. thing is, people are not getting what they expected. And that's all I'm gonna say. Well, that's never a problem for me. All I expect. Uh, I don't think <laughs> this would be a four-hour conversation, but I don't think that's the we'll problem. We'll talk about it as soon as Becky watches it, because I think you, it, oh it's hard God. not to say yeah. things when it there's very specific things you want to talk about. Like the, like okay. the dire wolves, you know, I, yeah. just bumping ugly. Oh like, I didn't need to see that Stop part. It was pretending things. It's <laughs> making me nervous because I don't know how much you're joking. Um, Star Wars. We're done with the Star Wars, clearly. We should wrap this up before you spoil something. Yeah, we need to go do our uh, Creature of the Week really quick, and then we'll be done. Let's do it. So let's do that. Boochabuck. They want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. We are talking this week. Well, I guess I should just say it like I usually say it. I don't know why I'm 
rushing so much. Our creature of the week is the Nong Hole. The, <laughs> the Nang Hole. Hole. Known in basic as Thud Bugs. Uh, they were a type of pro uh, projectile biot engineered by the Yuzon Vong, of <laughs> yeah. course. They were used by Yuzon Vong warriors who would throw them at victims. If the thud bug missed its target, it would fly in a loop back to its warrior. Like a bug boomerang. Like a bug orang. So this is definitely a Legends scenario. Yes. Picture of Mara Jade fighting thug bugs. Its wings were very powerful, emitting a loud buzzing sound when active, causing a distinctive thud when striking an object. Hence, thud bug. There you go. They could go at 150 kilometers per hour, breaking oh limbs. Boy. Goodness. Man, they appeared in a lot of stuff. Late Legacy 45. Oh, the comic. <laughs> I was like, they made 45 of these books? Like, oh my god. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, boy. Hard bugs. Yeah. Hard bugs that you throw and they go thump. They go cool. thud. Anyway. Yeah, hello. Come on. Thud. thud bug. That is going to be it for this episode. Uh, if you like the show and uh, would like to follow me personally, you can do so at the Jawa Josh on Twitter. Uh, where can the folks find you? I am on the things as at Rebecca June Lane. Um, tweet me if you have that video, that stolen video from the start of the episode nine panel, please. I want to see it so bad. It was so good. Um, do not tweet me with spoilers about Endgame or <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. No one's a jerk. No one's a Everyone's jerk. Everyone's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and our official thing is at, uh, on Twitter, is at LTA underscore radio. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Deborah underscore fit. Check out our Instagram for the podcast at LTA underscore radio and Facebook.com slash long time go radio. And it looks like I also found our animal of the week for the next episode, too. So I'm all excited. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be a theme. I'm going I'm to continue the with this bug. Theme. <laughs> Is it the most absurd things you can find? Is that the theme? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, real All quick right. before I forget, huh? D23 Expo is coming up, and we have a little bit of swag left over from Star Wars Celebration, so I'll be bringing buttons and stuff to hand out at Galaxy's Edge as well as the convention, so get ready for that. Yeah, I'll be uh, officially going to D23. Woo. I guess I can announce that. Yeah, so uh, that's cool. Um, I do have a slight uh, quick announcement. Uh Listeners, do you like horror movies? Do you like uh, the, the movies of the scary, scary variety? Well, uh, I started doing one with some friends. It's called Dark Corridors, a horror movie podcast. It's on iTunes and all of the places that you like to find podcasts. So just search for Dark Corridors. The first episode we did was about The Shining. And uh, it was a conversation with me, my friend Brian Barnett from IGN, my good friend Lily from GameSpot, and uh, she had read the book and seen the movie. I'd seen the movie like five times, and Brian had never seen the movie at all. So it was a really inter interesting conversation. So be sure to go check that out. And then that is going to um, do it. If, if we're pimping things that have nothing to do with Star Wars, Pimp. Uh, I edited an episode of a TV show that aired last 
Saturday night, but it's TV, so they're going to air it like every five seconds because that's what TV is. It's on CNN. It's a new show called Chasing Life with Sanjay Gupta. Uh, I did an episode where Sanjay travels to Norway to try and figure out why one of the darkest countries on the planet has the happiest people. And uh, if you're like me, which I know some of you are, and you deal with depression, um, there's a really amazing segment in there for you that I, that I made that I'm very proud of. So check it out, CNN Chasing Life. Yeah, and I don't have anything to pimp out, so just have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> D23. D23. Anyway. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you. Boy. <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs>